Fireside Chats, a podcast where communists sit down to shoot the shit about current events, history, political economy, and theory. This week, we are back in the enemy camp. We are joined by Roe to discuss a listener request written by Nick's Land titled Gender Acceleration, a Black Paper. Content warning, this is a bit of an edgy gender essay that may have some concepts discussed that might be offensive or upsetting to people who are sensitive about that kind of stuff. So, if that maybe describes you, you may want to sit this one out. ready to become a, a body without sex organs over here <laughs> oh definitely are are you ready for some replic cunts okay. are you ready yeah so we're back in the enemy camp uh we're joined this week by ro ro thanks for coming on uh thank you for having me uh yeah so and we're and we're sorry we're sorry yeah. for bringing you to the enemy camp it's a special enemy camp because we're not just reading any kind of reactionary. We're reading a trans lesbian supremacist reactionary. And there's only one that really comes to mind. If you've been on Twitter too much, you might know of Nick Sland. And the only conceivable reason we would give this person oxygen is because we have the not one step back gun up at our backs. Thank you slash fuck you to our lovely uh, Bonapartist Zur for making us read Gender Acceleration. That was Zur? You know it. Oh, shit. <laughs> they are very loyal. They're, they're very loyal as a Swampside patron and uh, interlocutor. So uh, they know what I'm they're not... doing to us. Yeah. I'm not sure you can describe somebody as loyal after making them, making us read this, honestly. Yeah. You know, it's, they're, they're posting, they're post up, they're posting this for us to react to. Again, I feel like you all are going to have more to say about this than me. Yeah, but who's know. gonna who's gonna speak for the bros, Jake? Like, we need a token, bro. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, well, you, you, don't, you don't know a lot of computer science, is what you're saying, I guess. Yeah, like I honestly, you know what? I, you know, I did get out of this. I did actually learn the difference between Unix and Linux. Got a little bit. I actually, you know, there's a little bit. There's a little bit of computer science history in this. That's interesting. It's not very yeah. good history, honestly. Well, no, there's. I, I even kind of looked into that, and the Unix and Linux thing is something they're kind of like half wrong about. Like the naming, the naming convention they say is like has to do with like castration or whatever. But it's it's that's that's that is subject to historical debate, and they don't present all sides of it, uh, which I think is very unscrupulous of them. <laughs> really, yeah, no, they they definitely seem to want to be very responsible with the computer science history they're leveraging here. I mean, really, there's a whole chunk of this that's just ripped off from uh, the CCRU member uh, Sadie Plant and her book, or what is it? Zeros and ones. That's it. It's zeros and ones, which sounds kind of interesting as like a niche and Foucauldian Deleuzian, like let's just have fun making like history, telling history wrong, telling history wrong in like this mythic way to make it yeah. like, we're going to do a read. Hey kids. Remember the nineties? Remember this kind of shit? Deleuzian. This whole time. I really just felt like I want, I, you know, it's one of, this is definitely one of those things you want to like, 
listen to like the Vangelis score from Blade Runner while you're reading it. You know what I mean? Like this, this is, I mean, look, I'll give it this. I'll give it this as an essay. You know, it's a, it's an amusing essay. I think it's design is more aesthetic than it is like an actual, like any kind of serious argument. You know, it, it, I mean, it really almost seems like tailor made to be like a YouTube video essay more than anything else. Yeah. And that's because she's following in the footsteps of Nick land, her, you know, namesake. Really. It's like, uh, you know, also part of this CCRU, the cybernetic culture research unit, uh, out of Warwick university that, you know, was a sort of like vitalist Delusian anarchist project at one point. And there's always this like current of, you know, death worship in Nick Lynn's like <laughs> shit, but like, you know, he gets, he gets older. He has uh maybe takes a little too many club drugs, has uh, something of a, something of a psychotic break that he describes in the really remarkably just like, it's just a revolting and sad and pathetic essay called a dirty joke in which he just, he goes into just like how misogynistic he is, um, which makes him, you know, like a, a troll choice to try to leverage this for some kind of radical feminist narrative. So like, yeah, we're going to be dealing with the right wing Delusian um, sort of baggage throughout this piece. Maybe we should just go into like, what a curious decision trying to package what is essentially some extreme snowflake shit in this reactionary package. You know, what a weird decision that is. And I think fittingly for accelerationism bullshit, it seems more like the product of the feedback loops of Twitter more than anything like well-considered or coherent. Maybe one of the broad takeaways here seems to be Okay, there's a line I've always really liked from The Merchant of Venice where Shylock says, you know, thou callest me a dog before thou hadst a cause. But since I am a dog, beware my fangs. And I feel like this is very much like, you know, all the stuff that people, all like the, all the stuff that like people say on 4chan about like, take the black pill and, you know, how you know SJWs have taken over like society or whatever, and like men are being destroyed. It's like yes, that's all true, and every like stereotype about trans people is true, and actually that's good. And here's why. Am I reading this correctly? That's pretty accurate. Yeah. I mean, I yeah. would I would go so far as to say that it's not only that like trans people are or like all of these things that are stereotypical or whatever about trans people are good, but they're like inherently make trans people or specifically trans femme or trans women like better than others right it's like a very weird trans supremacist uh, manifesto of sorts the, the specific the specific mode of you know trans supremacy is something she calls uh, what is it like the i'm gonna fucking look up the stupid term here because you know I, I need to i need to know what i'm doing right like this is an important text it's important to get the the, the terms, right? Right? That's very important. God, God forbid we mischaracterize her argument. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, the, queer, the queer Darwinian ratchet, which is, so, you know, which makes a bunch of us commit suicide. And so only the strong survive. Um, that's, the, that's the implied mechanism of what makes us so superior. 
Right. Well, it, yeah, it's it's a, she keeps referring to this metaphor. The, the Darwinian ratchet kind of refers to, like, the results of asymmetric warfare, whereby, you know, the greater power, like, say, the United States, calls out basically the, the weaker resistance cells, which allows for the stronger ones to survive and, you know, move into positions of leadership and over time it grows sort of like sort of like uh the way that uh bacteria gets wiped out by uh by uh you know antibacterial stuff sure and, and then- i i appreciate you using sort of like the way because that's what's missing from her characterization but go on right and so yeah it's all in the service of this narrative whereby it's a very grand narrative whereby she argues like femininity event has been consult- consulting like this asymmetric warfare against masculinity throughout human history, and now it's going to like destroy masculinity through some kind of like techno techno capital singularity, you know, whereby like humanity is transcended, and you know, like the you know we turn into some you know giant trans space baby or something, you know. <laughs> I mean, more or less. Um, there, there is like at the heart of this is a sort of, I don't know. I guess horse. It's like a horseshoe structure of like a of gender argument, right? There's like a sort of mainstream right now that says trans people. There's nothing wrong with them. Perfectly natural. Um, you know, they're not a threat to civilization. They're not a threat to our way of life. You know, um, you know, there's nothing significant that they're really like upending here. Um, and, you know, even the changes in like reproduction for cis women because of birth control, you know, this is all like perfectly normal, natural, like, you know, we don't really have to think that hard about it. And on the right and, and the, the left, like in, in a specific slice of the left, I'd say, like, you know, more radical sort of feminist left. And I'm not using that term to mean turf here. Um, there are people that, you know, are like, uh, actually, you know, this is kind of upending a long-term trend in human history. And I think part of the reason that, you know, radical feminism, so-called, is such a hard thing to do, especially from a left, like a, you know, left-wing and anti-capitalist perspective is that, there is something that capitalism has done through like pioneering, like, and disseminating birth control and like HRT that, that is like a world historic kind of change. If you do cross-cultural anthropology before the 19 like seventies and you kind of, I don't know, look at what young girls could expect to do with their lives. And then you go to, I would say the developed world and you kind of get a sense of what, you know, young girls expect to do with their lives in, you know, in the developed world, like you're, you, you see a big difference and like capitalism and it could have just been the, you know, I don't know if the Nazis didn't burn down the, the Institute for sexual research in Germany, it could have happened otherwise, you know, but like capitalism did kind of undermine something about, the hold of biological destiny, you know, like AFAB and like just queer people, like in general, there, there, something happened there that if you're anti-capitalist, it's kind of hard. That's why I think Marxist feminism has such a hard time and has to, you know, pretend like 
peasants had it real good or something because they there's something like still sexist and bad in capitalism. It's not like it's not there, you know, um, but there's something that got really tore up <laughs> for lack of a better term um, in capitalism. And like, I guess that's, if I was going to say like my one defense of this, like this whole framework, cause you know, I'm, I'm a little miss charity here. Like one defense of this whole framework is that it's like, it's, it's perfectly fine naming capitalism as the agent, you know, or, you know, as the force, like liquidating some long-term tendencies and biological destiny. And I think that's an honest starting point. And in my view, if you're going to be like a radical feminist, you have to kind of acknowledge this thing that capitalism did that's good for women, but then be able to critique capitalism. And I don't know what's better what you know what's a better framework for acknowledging some good things capitalism does and then proceeding to critique capitalism than some form of marxism that's essentially what marxism is supposed to do anyway like yeah i mean i mean i thought that's what it does like that's like the whole marxist critique is that like you know capitalism histor- is historically progressive up to a point you know i feel like i feel like stuff i feel like stuff like this is you know especially derived from like nick land is just kind of like identifying with late capitalism's death drive yeah, but what's weird, what's weird about the trans revolution or whatever is that it, you know, it happened now. There's a lot of like Stalinists and like, you know, weird stodgy left comms that are like capital's decadent, you know, nothing progressive can come out of it now. Like it's, you know, it's reached its end point. But weirdly, it, it just did this fucking thing because I don't know, you know, something, something, Tumblr, something, something. And now, you know, something, something, Judith Butler, something, something you know, a cultural mm-hmm. process that is ill understood and things are much different now. Not totally different, but like if I had grown up now, I think, you know, I would have, I would have had a lot less to explain to people and a lot more resources to, you know, understand myself. And then, you know, a much greater pool of nightmarish competition because I decided to join the conversation or whatever. Would, would you say that these changes happened because of capitalism or despite capitalism? Like, I'm not sure I, I am convinced either way personally, but uh, do you think that yeah. it is, there's potential that it could have happened like despite capitalism as opposed to because of? I mean, we're talking well, hypotheticals it, here. It, you yeah, know, it's not yeah, like- yeah, yeah, well, yeah. It, it, well, it happened because of capitalism in the sense that uh, there's no feudalism, <laughs> you know? Sure, yeah. I'm, like, if, if this was pioneered by like the, you know, by the Stalinist alternative to, you know, capitalism or something. I don't know. There might be a, there might be a way to, a way out of this. And of course there were social movements and there's a a continued political struggle to continue, you know, to disseminate birth control, to win the right to transition. Like, you know, it isn't so simple that like capitalism just handed it down because it's nice, but like, like if you, if you go into the development of birth control and that sort of thing, like, we're dealing with just like big techno capital and like a, a, this like nexus of, you know, court, like the corporate state and, you know, capitalist firms really like some of the coldest, like sectors of science and medicine and all these things that are traditionally the enemies of women and queer people. Like, honestly, like, you know, if you, re- if, if you do the kind of cultural history where you look at 
women's bodies under medicine or queer bodies under medicine, intersex bodies under medicine. It's grim. Like it, it's, um, you know, there's a lot of scientism leveraged to perpetuate, you know, grotesque forms of oppression. No, but it, but it's, fr- it, there's something so Hegelian about this from that, like, you know, sterile, like cold non-womb comes this like thing that tears up the thing that like, I mean, this is what gets me about TERFs. TERFs are committed to this losing battle where they they just, they don't want to disrupt this battle they can't win of like cis feminism. And I have had so much sympathy for the, like the rad femme, like burnouts that I saw like scattered around Connecticut, which was this fucking, you know, gender dystopia in my view, you know, obviously it was probably like, I just remember those rad femme burnouts during like the post Reagan years and like what a dismal humiliation they, they faced. The only people that really did anything were like liberal feminists that were like, you know, either in, in culture or in like law and, you know, like sexual harassment lawsuits unfolded in the nineties or, you know, like, like power feminism, <laughs> corporate board feminism. Like, well, yeah. Cause that has somewhere to go. You know, right. That, that, that ports into the system, you know, as it exists. Whereas like the lesbian separatists and the, you know, like hardcore rad femmes decimated, humiliated and subject to another 50 years of ridicule. Um, yeah. The most you get from that standpoint is maybe like some cultural stuff where they'll be like, you know, like lady Batman's a lesbian. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, right. But, but radical feminism as such, like, you know, it, it hit like a, it, it hit a rock and sunk. And so like at about the same time that capitalism attacks. And I do see it that way. And I know it's kind of counterintuitive, but capitalism doesn't care what it's reconfiguring. And this is where the Deleuzian framework makes sense. You know, you played the toilet flush sound when I said rhizomatic last time. There's a reason that people like that in uh, Deleuze is because it's sort of the subjective debate in the left wing of, of people who read fucking Deleuze and the right wing of people who read Deleuze is a question of is there anything that matches the description of rhizome or whatever that isn't a market? And for the left wing of Deleuzeans, they kind of imagine some form of decentralized, like sort of organic, sort of maybe cybernetic form of organization that can supersede the market where the right wing of Deleuze essentially, you know, or, you know, just reads it as markets. And so capital doesn't give a shit about what it's like reconfiguring. If it tears up, you know, the roots of you know, biological, like patriarchy or whatever, it doesn't care. And I mean, I don't know. It doesn't mean patriarchy's gone. It's just like uh, there's a there's a world historic change that like fucking people that are supposed to be thinking about the grand sweep of history and the way that the productive forces transform society, transform you know the way we live and, and who we are, like. Um, you know, we're supposed to see that. We're supposed to take note of this as Marxists and, you know, or, or feminists or whatever. And I, I just feel like it's like under grappled with. And this essay tries to do gravity to the the big shift. It's a big, it's a big shift. If, if everyone had universal health care, 
no one like nobody would have to go through a puberty and want like absent cultural factors you know what i mean like they everyone would have the means like no one would have to have a you know kid they didn't want like mm-hmm. that's cr- that's crazy no that is a huge because like you know part of the reason for declining birth rates i mean there's definitely bad material reasons for it but part of it is also just like a lot of kids historically that people have had were accidents <laughs> You know, and you you pull that out of the equation, you're gonna get you're gonna get a decline in the birth rate. Personally, I every every child was a part of God's plan. Okay, like you can't you can't just yeah. like that's God's plan. Every sperm is sacred. Every Q, sperm yeah. is great. Cue Drake. God's plan. God's plan. Yeah, that's why there's those guys on 4chan who just like come into a bottle like year after year, you know, and save it. Oh, what? <laughs> You didn't know about that? Oh my god, never mind. Cut that out. No, no. No. You know what? No. You just admitted to being on 4chan. And so I think we need to talk about this. Because one of the reasons we asked you to come here instead of Derek is that Derek, you know, isn't like a, you know... Isn't terminally online, right? Well, I don't know if that's true. I love Derek, but like... But it isn't like a Zoomer trans girl who's been on, you know, slash LGBT slash, right? Like, right. Yeah. Uh, and so I kind of think that that gives you a unique, like, vantage point, some authority, basically, to give us, like, the overall cultural effect on this weird cesspool of trans reactionaries. And, like, what their deal is. Because Nick's land is not pulling this shtick off. I, right. You know, it even says it's, superficially reactionary in it. Like it says that. It is it is unfortunate that I have this experience. It is perhaps the most cursed part about my where I am, my the the part of my life is how much time I've spent on 4chan or whatever, right? But this is like this essay is I had described to y'all earlier, like a, a very pretentious port like 4chan post, like like long term like long form 4chan, like I don't know, just edginess and like some weird uh like lgbt memes and like i don't it's just it's it's hard to it's hard to describe hard to put into words yeah i mean would you say that she likes the sort of edginess of that of the aesthetics of that milieu kind of the same way that like for instance like in the past like punk you know there's there's a lot of like Nazi symbols and some actual Nazis involved in it, you know. There's a certain uh yeah, there's a certain like yeah, edgy kind of like outlaw aspect to it that gives it some more juice than it would have otherwise if it was just, you know, like a basic, you know, hey, being trans is cool, kids, you know, like uh support them on whatever day or whatever, you know. It seems like they take the assumptions that all of these people make on 4chan and just like accept them all right like take these stereotypes of like trans women being programmers right or and like turn a whole a whole 25 page essay about why you know trans women being programmers is actually going to bring about like the end of uh men as a concept right it's it's just so I was gonna say, she, yeah, she accepts like the premises of people where it's like, take the black pill, man. Like, if you're under, if you're born under five nine, uh, if you don't have like this exact right jaw that conforms to this chart, like you're never getting pussy. But she's like, take the next step and just become go, you know, go trans, and then you know, 
that'll you'll have a niche for yourself. It half feels like like coping, like man, it sucks being trans, but actually it actually rules being trans because we're going to destroy all men as a concept, right? Right. It's like because the the 4chan thing, you know, you see it like, you know, the incel thing where it's like, yeah, it sucks being men now because blah, 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 blah. It's like, yeah, it does suck. So it's time to jump ship. You know, it's time time to switch teams and join join the winning team, basically. Right. Gotta gotta take the notorious HRT, as they call it, you know? Yeah. Uh, Fucking. I, uh, I don't know. Okay. Honestly, eh, I I think I think that you know people do respond to lifetime incentives like that are just they're just beat up against over and over again. Not people that have a very secure gender identity, you know, maybe would never like could never be incentivized to consider this. But like if you if you're in a certain situation, it it <laughs> it manifestly will make you know, people look at you in a way that's more aligned with maybe the, you know, what your disposition is. It's just as, you know, I feel like there's a big stigma around people acknowledging that they don't have like an essence and that, you know, things could have been otherwise if things went differently. Um, And, you know, there's, there's a reason for that. It's the whole born this way thing, you know, that we kind of dealt with in, in the gay, like, uh, the great gay debates of when we were, you know, when the, the, the millennials were growing up. Um, but also, you know, um, with uh, trans people, you know, they often have the experience of, look, I've just, you know, I've always been this way. And it's what connects them to their past. Um, and so, I don't know, like, there's a taboo for a bad reason and a good reason. Um, but I do think it's true for some people that they... <laughs> I mean, just if gender didn't work how it did, even in this society where it's like much more, much more symbolic and less behavioral, it still matters. It's still like basically is the package of like, of expectations that people have, like sometimes like often subconsciously, often subconsciously. I do think it's something that's like hard to grapple with because we're actually coming up against like the limits of, um, of an ape self-examining um <laughs> like which is why like i don't know is this the joe rogan experience now no like, yeah, man a- we're, all just, we're all just monkeys man it's like the monkey got like a vr headset and could go into the mind of another monkey sorry <laughs> no no but like it's this is like a judith butler point like you know we are like trying to carve up n- nature and you know we have smuggled in some social assumptions into the way we're carving up nature in general with sex and like um i don't know yeah there's something well the joe rogan you're detecting is just the hegelian influence on judith butler i guess it's basically joe rogan just you know just cooler with pronouns well and i I see the appeal of this kind of stance in the context of the sort of like bad faith discourse uh, you know, of kind of like the alt right or these kind of these kind of online spaces where it's like, you know, um, that are very clearly designed. I mean, it's bad because like all that stuff about like the black pill and a red pill and all that pink pill, like it's all designed to like prey on people's insecurities, and so like porting them into just like another pill, you know, might not be the best, uh, might not be the best like solution to their problems. But at the same time, that whole discourse is so fucked anyway. 
you know you might as well get some you might as well get a charge out of like being like yeah it, it all like exactly and that's why you need to become trans or whatever that is how like feedback loops work online it's not going to be like well no you, you have a problem with your framework good luck like you have to operate within the framework and like jam it more about being more about 4chan so like one of the things that she you know doesn't challenge is she's supposed to be a trans lesbian supremacist right like that's her shtick but like i feel like her footwork says something else so like the first thing that you could really look at like one of the medical theories uh that really you know pathologizes uh trans people and like and again we're talking about trans women this whole episode um jake i think i uh i talked over you and you're talking about trans men and you know that's pretty perceptive this isn't about trans men and she's not interested in trans men like so in this favor what would she, what would she say about trans men though because you know like apparently like they're they're going the wrong way or they they're joining like some gender that's obsolete or whatever you know what i mean like it seems like it, they would that that they would almost be more despised than anybody in that framework right yeah that that's that's um that's a troubling implication and i think you need to like make transness as transness in as in just as itself putting a premium on that um as like something that jams the you know, biological determinism um, is the right radical feminist like take. And I don't really see, I see her using that as a way to be like an edgelord or something like, like I, yeah, it doesn't seem like she would be like super supportive of trans men, but what do I know? I mean, that is like indicative of the general, like LGBT, like board. Like they're not, they're not really, it's, like almost no trans men on there there's like maybe one thread a day that's like right. trans men centric and then like don't even get me started whenever uh uh oh god what is his name uh fuck uh, oh i almost introduced ray blanchard that uh that whole thing no elliot page when elliot page decided oh. to to come out uh, as trans like people flipped their shit on there on, which was very on, funny what really on on uh yeah on the uh, lgbt like why like i mean i i know the cis lesbian like oh we lost another one we lost them to the trans you know kind of thing but it doesn't make sense for trans people to have those investments i mean it, it was mostly the cis lesbians that were like oh okay well, fuck them. I mean, like, deal. That, that, that's funny. Yeah, that's funny. Like, sorry you hate freedom. Like, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, it's it's been a couple of years since I've, like, really been seeped in this culture. But it generally, they're not very, like, you know, on the up and up about, like, trans men. Or, like, non-binary people, right? Right. Like, it, it is, like, 90% trans women. Uh, that are like posting anything about being trans or like, yeah. Wait, what do they have against non-binaries? I'm just curious. Uh, they're just like, do you Pencils? know the? Get out of here. Yeah, pick something. Yeah, I could see something like pick a side. Like, you know, I mean, do you know just... the the term like true trans or whatever or like true mm. scum? Okay. I'm uh, familiar. It's yeah. It's like basically you're, you're like 
well okay so there's like the the trans women that are like you know passing or whatever which is a bullshit concept and doesn't fucking matter but that like pass and they're like oh all of these like non-binary or non-passing trans women are giving us a bad name and like Mm -hmm. forcing society against us and they're not true trans or whatever Uh, right right it's a pretty destructive like layers and layers and layers of gatekeeping which is like something i'll give us to the the accelerationists the internet does desensitize people and make people much more like i don't know i think like stalinist bureaucrats more so than like humans wait so is the idea okay so it's like you're you're a trans person you're trying to pass right and so is it like but then you have these like non-binary people out there who it's like are you know like not not they're not selling it as hard as you are and so you're just like man if these people weren't out here like i could totally blend in you know like people wouldn't like i could i could pull a crying game and like people you know people wouldn't ever think that i was the thing you know what i'm saying is that is that is that kind of what it is (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that's, like, that's honestly part of it, yeah. Okay. And, and then there's, like, the other part that's, like, the, the like, weird, like, trans-cath, like, or trad-cath, like, fucking mm-hmm. bullshit, like, oh, no, they're not embodying these, uh, like, gender roles that are, you know, were handed down to us by God himself or whatever, you know? So, yeah, they, so they basically, they want, like, the, because um, I know we talked, we talked a little bit earlier about, like, alternate paths. They want, like, the... Uh, you know, Islamic Republic of Iran solution to like trans culture, right? No, more or less. I think that's the ultimate trajectory of religious like reactionaries that are taking the trans route. Like, um, yeah, no, more or less. And so the Islamic Republic of Iran will allow a downgrade that they will allow trans feminine um, gender expression with surgery. So. You, you, you're going to get, like, uh, an Iranian state neo-vagina. Like, no, but you have to get it, though. Like, if you're going to do that. Um, it's not an option. You can't be a cool dick girl. Sorry. That's so, that's so fascinating to me. Yeah. Oh, like, okay, you can't up- you, none of that gay shit, but you can do this. But you can't upgrade. You can't, uh, you can't uh, be a, a, a trans man. Like, that, that's not allowed. And I think I think the I think the reason is because of you know patriarchy. Like it's, it's obvious. Like <laughs> they, they 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 you know they consider the downgrade fine. I mean that's pathological, but okay, we'll treat your disease like oh upgrade. I mean no, you can't do that. You can't do that. Nope, not doing it. You want us to build you a penis? That's ridiculous. Yeah, there's an embargo. We can't we can't get the parts for that. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, material conditions. I mean, America. Like, definitely. No, I don't know. Um people that are like the sky is falling and gender is over, like, aren't quite getting it. I I, I like because of the productive forces or whatever. That kind of like obvious snowflake stuff doesn't really fly. And so what I think I think I kinda actually agree with the read that, you know, masculinity is embattled in a way it's kind of funny to say it like that but like it's by uh modern conditions but yes cause, keep cause, going because it's made obsolete <laughs> like it, it like it is it is kind of like superfluous to a point where it's it's aesthetic and um you know like again 
choosing Nick Land to represent this experience or whatever, like, it's just very bad. I, I feel like Baudrillard would be better. That, like, a simu- like the, you know, gender, like, emerges into this, like, simulacrum or some shit and, like, becomes more self-referential, you know? Like, consumer culture really does make it, like, more symbolic than behavioral, especially, like, when work is transformed, like, women are let into the labor market, like, in the way that they are. Like, there is some kind of bong-rip shit that you could say about it. This is not, like, the right source. What? I mean, yeah, like, there's no reason to, like, take the, like, you don't, have, you don't have to filter it through Nick Land. You can just get it. It makes more sense literally directly from Baudrillard. But yeah. that, but then you're just, you're making something that's going to be, like, you know, that's, like, a published in, like, an academic compendium of essays. You know, you're not making yeah, for something sure. for the internet. Uh, yeah, I, I guess, but, like... If you were going to do a Baudrillardian read of trans stuff, like that, like, look, for some people that would be offensive because, you know, you're saying they're an imitation, you know, like, so you could still have an edgy kind of thing about it, like, if you wanted, like. Yeah, but I mean, there are, look, there are some like Baudrillard memes, but it hasn't like penetrated like the same way like Nick, Nick Land has because, you know, it doesn't Cause, appeal. Cause hack the planet. That's why. Right. Mm-hmm. Does it appeal? It doesn't appeal to the, like you know, the, like some of the worst people in the world, you know, who are very <laughs> active in certain sections of the internet, right? Yeah. But yeah, like, I mean, this 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 whole thing of like, yeah, it 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 gets weirdly like metaphysical into like some weird like Kabbalah, like Neon Genesis, Evangelion shit, and it kind of like fashions this grand narrative, you know, of like what is the essential feminine and how does it like how does it through like the process of like technological acceleration like overcome and eventually you know be- become the all of like the literally ending i guess ending humanity and like producing like so again it's like it's like the singularity we're gonna basically produce some like ai human hybrid thing that has like dissolved maleness or whatever and is like and is repl- like destroyed like the ordering, the ordered, I guess you could say, like phallic, like male society or whatever, and replaced it with like these, yeah, rhizomatic networks or whatever, and that this is all just the prelude to, you know, what some, you know, the the baby at the end of two thousand one space odyssey, you know, it's that's like the most bong grip shit in here, and was honestly like the most unreadable sections of it, but it's also the whole arc of the paper, like the whole thing literally ends with, you know. Uh, as humanity on nearly every front proves it is not fit for the future and th- that women will find their own exit while the masculine languishes in resentment, that the lost upswelling of gender acceleration births from its slimy womb that only daughters at trans women will ever bear. AI. Oh, cool, man. Mm-hmm. All right. It sort of drops at the end. Um, yeah. It, yeah. It's just it, it's just uh, Ray Kurzweil shit. It is sort of, yeah, the singularity repackaged as a... Uh you know, the love interest from her. Like, <laughs> yeah, which is amusing, which is amusing for an essay, I guess. But like, how seriously can we really take any of that? I, th- I think the points about masculinity being like, like historically displaced and all of the, all of the, all of the expressions I see that are nominally under the name man are this resentful armpit of like, not even really being socially fit men because socially fit men can like kind of just you know recognize they have a sort of like 
responsibility or something and and maybe like you know maybe like leverage that understanding underhandedly and exploitatively but like that's what you know that's like that's what a lot of like shitbag men do it's not even just like good men you know what i mean it's just like a better strategy if you want to like live in the modern world instead of getting like super up in arms and resentful and i do think there's a bigger wellspring of resentful butthurt like you know people that are ascent like in another society they would have had it made they would have had like their own slave to do whatever they want and they could do whatever they want with and and um would they have had it made because class societies always produced like men who were surplus to the needs of society typically the outlet for those people is war or being slaves or you know Getting cucked, essentially, you know, like that's like that, that, that's like this historical problem with patriarchy, like real, like legit, you know, bearded guy with six wives patriarchy is that, it, you know, it basically produces like, you know, like a basically a surplus of men who get funneled, who either go on to become like raiders, you know, like in some mercenary company somewhere else. You know what I mean? So it's like I, I feel like. Um, right. The, the, problem yeah. is, the problem is now there isn't like a big enough war to like absorb, ab- absorb these like surplus men in American society. I, mean, I think you could see, for instance, like the post-war labor piece as at least, you know, amongst men, like a relatively egalitarian period. And even that was following a massive war where a bunch of them died, you know. I mean, uh, McCarthyism wasn't like a relatively egalitarian period. No, I mean, it, I'm talking about in terms of like distribution of property within a patriarchal context between men. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Between productive units. I can accept right. that. Yeah, which I mean, is I, the era that all these guys like harken back to, and see as like a, an historical norm, right? Well, right, but like I think part of the resentment is that if they were socialized at another time, you know, maybe they wouldn't be such a such bitches. You know what I mean? Like maybe they mm-hmm. would be, you know, hardcore warrior bros, like in the video games they play. Like they they like wish they could be these people. And and here's something I do think the whole pink pill discourse kind of gets. Instead of just being like a bitch and living your bitch life, like, and that doesn't actually literally mean, you know, identifying as a woman, but it could be like any variety of like affirming this weird dissonance between the expectation of what men are supposed to be and, you know, this like squishy bitch you are, right? Like, instead of like living your best life as that person, you have this like repressive ideal that is really kind of self-sacrificing, actually. And actually... It's something that consumes that person and turns them against themselves. They love that image more than they love themselves. They hate themselves because they can't live up to that image. Um, there's something truly pathetic about it. And there's something much more life affirming about, you know, I'm just going to be a bitch, like, in, you know, whatever that means for that person. But it's like, it's something that's not like an, an affirmable out psychologically for a lot of men. It's a part, it's, you know, it's a big part of like what the phallic discourse is supposed to do. Phallic discourse is, you know, the sec- selection of symbols that turns the fucking like that little noodle that like wants a hug into this conquering, piercing, killing sword. That whole symbolic world cuts off this option that people have to have something like a religious conversion to get back in touch with. Basically, the only reason I give this a time of day is because radical feminism, real radical feminism is dead and it's trying to do something with it. 
It's not a good something. It's objectionable. It's not really like, it's not even really good trans lesbian supremacism, like, because it quotes Ray Blanchard's categories, which are, first of all, very transphobic, but then also single out trans lesbians as as somehow being weirder and, you know, less women somehow, even though both of these people are sets of delusional men, like, these ones are especially delusional, you know, (laughs) like, and they're fetishy and they're weird, just kind of lumping any, I don't know, like, without getting into the fucking, you know, categories. It's just something that if you were a trans lesbian supremacist, you would at least subject it to critique. And I, I think maybe the most obvious thing here is that she named herself after Nick Land, Nick Land's like a transphobe. She can't even really criticize Nick Land. Like, instead of looking at Meltdown, you know, from the young anarchisty Nick Land, you know, it has that section that's like, you know, transsexual, Chinese, Latina, like, hooker who, you know, just iced three Turing cops and you look fucking cool and cyberpunk and shit. The, guy, the same guy who wrote that and about, like, hacking the human security system and ending, like, you know, humanity or something or, like, you know, some, you know like, all this kind of crazy apocalyptic shit and how it's going to rule. And it's going to be emancipatory, actually, because, you know, that's what he was like when he was young and naive and, you know, <laughs> he hadn't done enough meth yet, I guess. The older Nick Land is a transphobe and he's afraid. Oh, I'm afraid, you know, like... There's an obvious inconsistency there. And if you're like this imminent critique of Nick Land from a transsexual perspective, okay, like make the call. Don't just yep. fucking like lick daddy's boot because this is all this is doing. It quotes his concept of hyper racism and tries to make hyper sexism. It like mirrors his IQ fetish. It's standing for a, a misogynist dude and it's quoting all this. It's trying to be radical feminist. I don't know. It's just well, like it's- stupid. It, it it it's the thing is though because of its very framework and perspective, uh, it doesn't have to be a partisan piece because there's no there's no uh, politics that have to be fought out here. Uh, if if we take this at face value, what she's saying is all this stuff is going to happen automatically as a result of like the imminent logic of masculinity and femininity and human development itself. She doesn't have to do anything. She have to write anything or say anything. The actual Nick Land is transphobic or racist or whatever or whatever, you know. So, so the extent that he accepts masculinity, he's just uh, doing himself to be part of like a losing project anyway. So you don't have to prove or disprove anything he says because you know uh, the process of gender shredding is gonna vindicate your points uh, no matter what. You yeah, know, fine. Like it's, just it's get his fucking boot out of your mouth, like you know, have some <laughs> self respect, like. Read some Valerie yeah. Solanus and, you know, like, you know. Well, you know. It, get it's, get it's your aiming, knives it's out. For the, it's aiming for this kind of, like, Nietzschean, like, amoralism. You know, it, it like, it, it's it's part of that whole thread where it's like, hey, I'm, I, you know, I'm just, I'm just be I'm just saying, I'm just saying the real shit. And, you know, I don't, you know, I'm above all of this uh, pesky, like, partisan bickering or whatever, because I, you know, I've, I've, I've tapped the vein of of history and I understand what's going to happen. So, you know, whatever. It's just so manifestly worse off for like taking the Nick land frame. Like, like it can't really distinguish between Darwinian and social selection. 
for instance, like it just you remember when you said kind of like natural yeah. selection, that was very perceptive. She can't really do that because she's adopted this right Delusian framework that sees markets as the rhizome. And then that gets into this other neo-reactionary point of view where like, you know, the God of nature or nature itself is reproducing this Darwinian logic that is also market selection logic. And it gets metaphysical. Like it's not explicitly stated, but that's, that's how this pans out in neo-reactionary circles. It's just like the dumbest version of someone that thinks that, well, you know, markets are just nature, you know, like, right, right. Like, oh yeah. What markets select for and what evolution selects for the exact same thing. I mean, yeah, it's, it's internet thought. People are just making shit up, like the whole like Sigma male thing or like holding frame or whatever. You know, like these, they, they come up with these weird brain worms that like seem vaguely based just their own kind of like personal intuitions. Like that's why, you know, that's why Nick Land is able to like invent this kind of like neo racism because it's like, I'm just going to take, do what all racists do and just take my own like ingrained like tribalistic prejudices and then try to ex- extrapolate from that, you know, some kind of biological determinist uh, order that must exist. And so Nick Land is like, I'm, I'm going to do like his whole, his whole thing about um, what is it, neo racism or some shit like that? Yeah, hyper hyper racism. Hyper racism, right? Where he's basically saying, you know, the process of dynamics where oftentimes people from the same class will breed with each other will have these like long-term eugenic effects that create like different sectors of humanity that are the race basically becomes literally stratified by class but it's like that's literally based on nothing (laughs) you know what i mean like there's the you're literally just making shit like you know that that's it's that's even more that's even Less, there's even less basis to that than to the premise of Mike Judge's idiot. Yeah, at least that's just a straight Malthusian trap. Yeah, unless you're unless you're just tro- using that to troll racists to be like, well, actually, like the real lines of race will come to be aligned on class, so you're all going to become like class struggle uh, materialists or whatever in a few generations. But again, like I'm pretty sure that's not how genetics works, dude. I mean, it. What you're describing here, I mean, uh, at least in like. The context of this essay is just like this elitism that just exists on 4chan, right? And like all these people just wanting to prove that they're better than all these other people, right? And trying to find like any sort of like any sort of way to gatekeep or like put themselves above any other like type of person, right? Yeah, it's the most like I don't know, like it's if, it's like pathetic. <laughs> well, it's like, it's kind of like corporate, like middle class brain. Like I know middle class isn't isn't real, but like. There's, you know, certain bureaucratic incentive structures or something like on some of those things reproduce on the Internet. For some reason, the algorithm has a sort of effect that is it kind of rhymes with bureaucracy. Like there's a sort of bourgeois like rationality to it that is non-market that reappears in different places. Well, not to mention just the self-selection mechanism of who has time to be online all day. You know, keeping these keep, keeping these different platforms and forms hopping, you know. Global warming is trans. Ooh, woo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is there anything else we wanted to touch on here? Yeah. Any 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 last words? I've got I've got no idea, honestly. 
it's it's just it's honestly just a mess this essay there, there are some sentences that are excellent and like you imagine that someone spent like maybe a week on that sentence and then they didn't spend enough time on the rest of the paragraph or the paragraph after it or the one before it and uh yeah i, I remember the run-up to this because i i was you know kind of like online you know acquaintances whatever with um someone that was dating her while she was writing this essay and so there was a big internet hype drum roll for this to come out and when it came out it was like Yeah, it, I don't know. It was much ado about nothing, and it was it was like what, <laughs> what, and um, it kind it basically has not been that big, and uh, hasn't made that big of an impact until a bunch of turfs decided to leverage it because it says all kinds of like cyberpunk shit about how you know. The neo vagina of a trans woman has an unspoken barcode, you know. See there, they're finally admitting it. They're finally admitting it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, sorry, I sorry, I just pulled that clip up of uh, J.K. Rowling. That's how she talks. <laughs> yeah, definitely how she talks. That's how all English women talk. When did this like turf uh, outlash over this paper like happen? Because I haven't, I haven't seen or heard anything about it really. It's like a couple weeks ago. And, like, this has been sitting on our list for, like, six months. So we could have made a really timely piece. If if I had a better work ethic, I could be harassed by a bunch of TERFs, too. Dare to dream. So w- harassed how? Like, what do they do? Do they, they just mean to her online or something? Yeah, but that, that can get very personal. And, you know, if you've ever posted an image online, there's something called geotagging. Maybe they'll find out where you live. Okay. That's what I'm asking. Was there any, was there any of that stuff? I don't know. Is there any, do- any doxing or anything like that? I don't want to end up like this person. So I don't spend that much time online. I'm not sure. Like, I don't probably, even know, if, you know. Probably probably should have looked that up before we started. <laughs> yeah, maybe we could have led with, you know, we're very sorry that your house was burned down by turfs. We support you. Um, yeah. 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 Slate, yeah. Don't, nah. let, don't, let the, don't let the bastards get you down. Yeah. Don't worry, we're all going to be absorbed into the uh, gyno-feminine gyno tech singularity, you know, in a couple of years, so don't worry about it. Yeah, hope you like your uh, neo-reactionary wage gap. <laughs> no, because that, that's, that's the real, like, the real tragedy is that she's wrong, and that, you know, masculinity will still live, even in its weakened form, and, uh, you know, we're, we're still going to have to deal with this shit. Uh, patriarchy yeah. isn't really over. Like, yeah, how- dudes, dudes still rock, as they say. However, still rock. maybe patriarchy is weakened enough so that communism will work next time. Because you know how conservatives are always saying, oh, you know, it's just human nature. It's just human nature. You know, if critical theory tells me anything, if there is some kind of like hidden human nature axes of microfascism, it's the psychosexual elements around sexual division and keeping that nice and rigid. Let's see. Let's see how this all pans out. Next revolution, we'll test the theory. Yeah, next uh, next revolution, we'll force fem all the all the men. You know. <laughs> yeah, and then That's everyone will I... talk, everyone will talk over fem Lenin instead of letting them rig the election for the Treaty of Brest-Litovsk or whatever. 
if if she if she comes out at, as trans at the next party congress, will you will you will you finally take the G pill? You know, I I, I will seek Chinese money with you. That's the yeah. All let's I can go. Let's, let's get it. I want some of those digital. I want that digital yawn. This the only crypto I'm interested in. Be careful. I mean, right. that's that's uh that's the road to the latter Nick land. All right. Well, thanks for coming on, Ro. Yeah. Yeah. No problem. Thank you for thanks coming for on. So, sorry, it couldn't have been under better circumstances. Yeah. This is just trash. Hate that. I I am sorry yeah. that you guys have to do this every uh, I don't know, every month or so. That's okay. Our our Patreon is bigger than hers, so it's fine. Yeah. Does she have a Patreon? Oh yeah, yeah. You head over if you want to head over and support uh, the author. <laughs> yeah. Over at uh, you know, patreoncom <laughs> forward slash nyx. This is the first time we've done this for uh, in the enemy camp uh, reading. Is post their page. Yeah. You know, if you want to yeah. like help them out and uh, you know, help rebuild their house after being burned down by firebombed by turfs and Nazis. Um, yeah. If you if you want to support trans women who've been persecuted by uh, <laughs> reactionary <laughs> radical feminists, head over there. And uh, tell them, tell them Swampside sent you. Yeah. That's it for this week. Thanks again to Roe for sitting in with us. I also want to say, I think I said this at some point earlier in the episode. Um, as much as I shit on this piece, I actually didn't hate reading it. It is an amusing essay. It's just very, very hard to take any of it seriously. All right, that's it for this week. Uh, if you want to support us, head over to our Patreon. If you want to get a hold of us, uh, hit us up on social media or email us at swampsidechats at gmail.com. Uh, I'm going to try and catch up on some of the emails. It's something I often neglect to stay 100% on top of, uh, but I'm going to look over those today. So until next time, keep your boots clean, your feet out of the swamp, and your head in the revolutionary clouds of tomorrow.